Hello. Welcome to FOH. I'm Lillian Devane. I'm Kelly Sullivan. This is your service industry need podcast. Service industry. What did you say? Service. Your needs of the service industry <laughs> supplied by the podcast. Right, 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 right. Need and ba- need and supply. It's yeah. Demand it's, and supply. Uh, supply. Yeah. The people usually say supply and demand. Okay, well, not me. I'm a little edgy. I'm a little bit different. <laughs> For some reason, it's one of those phrases that if you even invert it a little, it sounds crazy. Demand and supply. Yeah, it just feels weird. Oh. I'm an idiot. Where am I? I don't know. Um, welcome. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to continue to be spooky. Spooky. <laughs> I lit some candles in the recording room. So Sage. it's both dangerous and in two ways. It's a kind of spooky because it's candles, and then it's also dangerous because there's open flames around microphone cords. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think. Didn't See? even think of it. Yeah. I'm. I was like, are candles dangerous? <laughs> it's fire, Kelly. Okay. <laughs> Primally, it is dangerous. I'm like, are these Roman candles? <laughs> We've got live fireworks here in the <laughs> podcasting studio <laughs> for the ambiance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. What uh, what happened this week, recap wise? Anything for you? Um, we got some new cocktails on the menu where Lillian used to work. Uh, one features yogurt. Wow, that is also terrifying. Yes, very spooky. <laughs> very, very spooky. I'm unnerved by dairy in my cocktail. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit odd. Um. I uh, just went to a wedding of a a good friend of mine, upstate New York. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. Um, and it was a wedding where there were like a lot of, it was like a, I don't know, I don't want to, they're kind of private people, so I don't want to really like share all the details, but there were a lot of like music people there, a lot of like the hip hop community was there, and uh, it was, everyone was very cool. It was like a four-day celebration. It was really fun. But I, um, <laughs> Kelly's like, go ahead. Uh, yeah, we're listening. <laughs> Vaguely listening. Um, there was, so there was a lot of like, there, because it was multi-day, there were a lot of open bar. Like it was all like obviously open bar for like dinner, drinks, whatever, all these different days, activities. And I, okay, here's, I want to ask your opinion. And okay. for our listeners out there, when you go to an open bar at a wedding, tip wise, what do you do? I usually do, I'll either just do a dollar. It depends on like kind of how my cash is arranged. I'll do a dollar a drink or I'll just do end of the night, 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've always been like a dollar a drink person in general or more if you're their cocktails or whatever. But, um, but at an open bar, I've been like dollar per thing. But then this time I kind of felt bad because, because it was like so many, uh, days in a row of open bars and it was out in the middle of nowhere and I couldn't get, like I didn't bring like a ton of cat. I just didn't think about it because it's like a rustic right. wedding venue. So then I was like, shit. And I was like kind of hammered and I was like, fuck, I don't, I can't do a dollar a drink. I'll run out of money because it's like, so I decided that it's okay for me personally, put down a 10 at the beginning of the night and then just go for it. I think that's fine. You know, or a 20 if you're going to be there, like, if you know you're going to be housing drinks. Right. Right? I think it's fine. Yeah, I I, I have done it at the end of the night, but... I like to do in the front, and I'm like, here you go, y'all, or 20 is preferable, obviously. Yeah. But I felt bad. I felt like I was... It's not like me to be, like, cutting corners with tipping. 
but it was tough. Yeah. It was one of those situations. I just want to say that I'm in, I am not, uh, you know, should any of those without faults cater waiters be listening? They will not listen. They live in upstate New York, you know? Right. They don't get podcasts. They don't get podcasts. (laughs) They are without electricity. Most likely Mm -hmm. beyond New York city. Who, what is real or a city? Nothing, you know, (laughs) nothing's real. Um, anyways, but it was, it was a lovely time. It was very fun. Um, I also had another really funny thing happen where this really cool dude in a cool blazer was like, Hey, I recognize you. And I am such a nerd that I was like, Oh yeah, I probably served. Cause I do remember serving him at our restaurant. I was like, I probably served you. Like I, I was your bartender. He's like, no, you're a comic. Right. And I was like, Oh yeah, I am. He's like, you're really funny. I was like, fuck, that's like the nicest switch around where like I thought someone would just recognize me cause I had served them before. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. No, that's like, that's great. It was like super sweet. I was like, stop being a weird insecure person. Yeah. And don't assume it's just because you've made them a drink, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Anyways, it was a sweet moment for me personally. Beautiful. Mostly cause everyone there was like way cooler than me. Yeah. So happens. You looked great. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, anyways, but that was a fun, wild weekend. And I just, man, it brought back my cater waiter days. Ooh, baby. Yikes. Past hot apps. Not mm-hmm. the way you want to live. No. It's no, not no, no. fun. True FOH heads No, We talked about that <laughs> very first episode. First episode. Yeah. It's, um, you do get to hear, I mean, all of the people at that who worked at that wedding were very sweet and they got to hear, I mean, I'm sure crazy stuff. That's the thing is that when you work at a wedding and you're out milling around and there's like famous people there. Oh yeah. Like you're like, it's awesome. Cause everyone treats you like furniture cause you're just yeah. holding plates of food for them to eat off of. So you can truly get down to it. You know? I remember one time when I was working at Roberta's, the own, like the owner of the restaurant was getting married and a regular, I was like chatting to a regular about it. And he was like, are you going to be at the wedding tomorrow? And I was like, what do you think? Is, what do you think happens? I was like, no. <laughs> like I'm a back waiter. He's like, did Brandon invite you? Yeah. I'm like, You're like that, no. we're not that close. <laughs> I know restaurants always say we're family, but we're like, not. When we're here, we're, we're not. not family. We're not <laughs> opposite of the Olive Garden. <laughs> um, that's really funny. Yeah, you always. Yeah, that's the closest I've been in to being invited to the wedding of a famous person. Yeah. It's really funny because I also don't know who anybody is and a little, it was a little foreshadow. And we talked about danger mouse last episode and that bro was there. I like turned around there. Danger mouse is literally eating cheese next to me. Appropriate of his name. (laughs) What if I'd been like, Hey, uh, you like cheese, huh? And he's just like, please get away from me. (laughs) yeah oh mousy like cheese (laughs) Nah, he looked great great again i didn't really know what he looked like but once he was pointed out to me i was like oh sick yeah that that is him right anyways it was cool there was a lot of stuff like that where i was like oh tight yeah yeah i mean that's the level of fame that i hope we achieve (laughs) where nobody knows who we are and then someone's like that's that person you're like uh all right yeah that's what i'm yeah yeah just like a shrug i was like oh cool like I ate dinner with all of the members of Foxygen and I was, I had no fucking idea who they were, who they were, you know? Yeah. I guess I want to be a little more famous than Foxygen. <laughs> Good luck. 
my god. Uh, yeah, anyways, it was fun. Everyone was very nice. Even the famous people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You kind of have to be. Otherwise, word spreads. Word spreads via this podcast. Ooh, Alec um, Baldwin. Yeah. Calling you out. <laughs> yeah, no one knows that Alec Baldwin is a shithead, but we do. So <laughs> we do. we'll spread the word. Anyways, star-studded event. I'm thoroughly ready to just, like, get back into my life mm-hmm. in general. I said that because Alec Baldwin is a notoriously bad tipper, not because of, like, his recent off-color comments. Uh, I thought you were just referencing him, how public he is an asshole all of the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But I just, that was, I like, didn't know he was a bad tipper. That's, like, a, a thing. It's, like, I, that was one of the first things, like, when I was in working in restaurants, people were like, he's a bad tipper. Huh. Well, it's so dumb to be a celebrity and be a bad tipper. Yeah, it's insane. It's like you know the server is going to literally say your name and that you did something bad. Yeah, it's in it's an insane thing to do. You should not be a bad tipper, but if you're famous, what is wrong with you? You know how easy it is to put down an extra 50 bucks and someone's going to be like, oh my God, they're amazing. It's yeah. like, even if you are a shitty person, money fixes everything. Everybody yes. knows that. Oh my God, everyone knows that. Jesus. Christ. Anyways. Um, so like I said, continuing the spooky Ooh, theme, cookie. you sounded like you were going to say cookie crisp, but Ooh, right. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, uh, we're going to do sort of another episode vaguely related to cults, which I guess we've sort of done before, but not as much as this. This is yeah. cults and restaurants this is specifically. This is explicitly cults and having to deal both of them with restaurants. And we won't say anything weird about Japanese hands. Oh yeah. That was so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not going to do that. Um, but it is kind of interesting to me how many cults are related around food, which is so fascinating, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's like, it's a tight control, you know, like Manson and stuff like they control everything. So it's like, if you introduce that, if that's the first layer you've been, you're unlocking so much elements of control. Right. You know, if you're like, I'm going to tell you what to eat. Oh, sure. And then you're like, and now I'm going to tell you what drugs to do and how to have sex. And you know, like it's kind of, I'm like, you are awesome. (laughs) Lillian's like, keep going, Kelly. I am listening. (laughs) I'm like, you should take hints from me. (laughs) So cool. I mean, it is very appealing in times of, uh, you know, a tumultuous political uh, environment. You do want someone to tell you what to do. I mean, that's like what goop is essentially. Yeah. You know, percent. It's all fake science, control your life bullshit. Yeah. I mean, and people, people do want that. They want order and they want a system of regulation. Everything's chaotic. Yeah. Um, I think both of our, we both picked, uh, different cults and, uh, and both of them originated in the early seventies, which is classic cult time, which is so fat. I mean, that, that whole thing is so interesting how there was like all of these cults that started for obvious and very, uh, diverse reasons but then also the anti-cult movement that started up after that and like the whole scare of cults is also equally fascinating and also not completely right um in its own way but it's just it's just so fascinating how that how that environment created the need for cults you know yeah well i think you introduced me to this theory about serial killers but i think it applies to cults that it's like you have these shell shock parents from like the greatest generation yeah, going to world, world war two yeah. coming home traumatized. 
drinking, beating their kids, their kids growing up being like, I don't respect my parents. I don't want to live like them, but how do I? Right. How do I? And then there's, there's like the Vietnam war and there's all of this unrest and there's all of this. Yeah. Nixon classic. (laughs) Just say having, having an ugly president was horribly traumatic. It was. Everyone was like his, he's so sweaty on TV. Um, (laughs) I don't want to look at him anymore. Um, but, and I, yeah, all the political unrest and then, um, also like, there was all this like uh, modern, the modern world is like ruining people. We need to get right. back to basics, which is something that's happening again now. Where it's, it's one like, of my biggest pet peeves. I was talking to you about this, I think last week, that one of my biggest pet peeves is people being like, mm, just anything, mo- anytime a man says a woman is a modern girl, I get triggered. What are you talking about? Uh, I'll tell you about it later. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up on podcast <laughs> without clarification. Um, it's a, it has to do with a star is born, so I don't want to get into Got it. Once it. again, don't want to get into it's it. It's okay. It's okay. Thank you for elaborating a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think there is something to be said, and that's how you get people interested in these things where you're like, this is like ruining our minds. We need to get back to like family and like healthy eating and like exercise and the land. And it's like, that does sound appealing if you look around and all you see is people watching television, which is back in the day. Now no one watches television. We watch our phones and like, that's, I get it. Like I do feel like I'm being poisoned and I am so depressed and anxious constantly because I'm scrolling through other people's successes and maybe I should go, you know, I got to go. I'm going to (laughs) go to the Hills. I'm going back upstate. I, I got was, all white a shroud I'm gonna wear I was having a rough time a couple of weeks ago and I kept threatening to go off the grid and, and I, I said that's not allowed Lillian did not permit it we have to keep each other from going off the grid <laughs> locked into the grid <laughs> together yeah we are fully on the grid we're in a suicide pact with the two of us in the grid no Kelly just, <laughs> Kelly just nodded that's terrifying that's silently <laughs> nod when I say no to suicide you monster okay um so I'll start off. So this um, this is interesting because I am a lover of all things morbid and true crime. Uh, and I was in Plymouth, Massachusetts for the 4th of July, which I've, I've mentioned before. But um, we were drinking at a bar and we're walking back home. And my boyfriend's like, that bakery's owned by a cult. And I was like, nuh-uh. And he's like, no, really. And I thought he was kind of exaggerating. And then he told me the name of it and he told me some kind of weird stories. And I was like, okay, still probably not a cult. You know, people toss that word around. Yeah, they do. Which is like, it's fun to do that. I like. I just called Goop a cult which, like five minutes ago. Yeah, case, case in point. <laughs> um, and so then I looked it up and it is far darker and crazier than I could have imagined. It's actually a cult. It's not just like, these people are like kind of kooky and they wear their hair long. Dang hippies. I don't know if that's still an insult you can say to people, but anyways, but they are a cult. So they started in 1972 in Chattanooga, Tennessee. What a cute name, isn't it? Chattanooga is so cute. I'm sure it's a horrible Everything place. Everything in te- like Tennessee also has like, there's so many letters in that Ugh, name. It's gorgeous. like, you, you know, it's cute. Nashville, Chattanooga. Ten- oh, it's boots, you know? Mm-hmm take me there but not in 1972 because uh it started with a uh a teen ministry group which is red flag one million it's so scary those that shit is terrifying um obviously like religious and strict um started by this guy gene spriggs which is a perfect that's good weirdo name yeah 
Um, and started off with this, it's went into like Bible study and it started extending out towards the community more than just like a teenage guidance thing. And then they, um, they opened up a dang cafe, uh, called, uh, the yellow cafe. Wait, just kidding. The yellow deli, which is even funnier. Yeah. That's somehow weird. Like it's somehow weirder. It is somehow weirder, right? Um, the yellow deli and it's, if you look, I looked online, so not to spoiler alert, there's still tons of yellow delis all across the world. So there's some in Australia, of course, British Columbia. Um, I think there's still one in Vermont. There's a bunch. So this is an active cult, but started, started then. And if you can imagine, you know, when you walk into a place that's like a hit, I'm trying to think of like a hippie town. What's like, like a small town in Cal, like Sandy, I don't know, a small yeah, yeah. town in California Vermont. that probably, yeah, that really embraces like this, like probably Woodstock, like right. really embraces the hippie origin. And all of the menus are like handwritten in that like seventies kind of bubbly letters. And then there's like probably like some sketchy drawings of like carrots. And then you can get like, you know, like a healthy PB and J or like some shitty salads. Like it's like all very like portobello mushroom shit. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we looked at for my cult, my cult, <laughs> uh, we looked at a PDF of an old menu and I was like, yeah, it makes the skin crawl. It makes the skin crawl. It's just gross. I mean, not even if I didn't know it was a cult, I'll be like, I'm never, you know, go- it's served out of one of those weird wooden bowls. Yeah. The thatched wooden bowls. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's all wood i love a wooden bowl but the it's yeah it's not yeah. good it's not good yeah an oiled wood is there's nice. gonna be that um that like clear kind of plastic cup and like a communal uh water spigot Ugh, god with yeah. the little plastic cups mm-hmm. yeah hate that for whatever reason anyways um so obviously it kind of starts out with the restrictive stuff and then also playing into the early 70s health craze getting back to nature etc and then of course they start living together in a mansion then someone in the community is like this is fucked up they send people over to investigate there's all these legal proceedings they basically move shop and move to vermont so they like re it's like being driven out and then they, of course it makes it seem like they're being persecuted for their beliefs. You know, that's like adds to the more power dynamic of being like, look, these people want to change our ways. It's like, yeah. Cause you are homeschooling your kids and not vaccinating them just like people in park slope today. So mm-hmm. boop. for real though, fucking vaccinate your children. You absolute monsters. Yeah. What the fuck? I can't. Um, I hope your child dies of measles. Literally. I do hope that. Um, so not, okay. I don't. Okay. Kelly shook (laughs) her head. I know. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want the baby to die, but I want you to be punished by God. So it's fair anyways. Um, so they open up more and more of these and then, um, essentially people start escaping from these, like people are end up being born. Can you imagine being born? Being born into a cult is so fucking scary. Oh my God. Because you literally, I mean, you don't have any, it's not like you're like a, a drugged out 20 year old and you're like, I want to, you know, be radical. You're like, do not have a choice. So this cult called the 12 tribes, they basically mangle the bi- They mangle everything. It's a classic misinterpretation of an already shitty text. No offense. 
Um, None taken. And um, they're very pro-slavery, very racist. These Uh, are famously biblical. Famously (laughs) biblical things. If the Bible says one thing, it's like, the Jews should have been slaves. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of. It's a big part. Exactly. That's what uh, Hanukkah is about. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm just, I'm a little rusty on my Yahweh, but anyways, so, um, so they do that. They're very, basically what they do in these delis and cafes and whatever is they make children work. Like it's like eight year olds working all day. Well, after they go to school all day and they're also super pro beating children. So they beat these, sorry, this is also trigger warning. There's a little, I'm not going to go in depth to the child abuse, but there is a little bit of that and it's very, very dark. So they, um, I'm like, Oh, spooky. It's like, I'm (laughs) sorry, but it actually is terrifying. So they're very pro. They will beat children like 40 times a day. They will beat infants because they think it's like the, because they, they take that, like, what is it? Spare the rod, spoil a child. Well, that's not from the Bible. I know, but they, there's a rod thing yeah, in yeah. them about how, if you don't beat your children, then you, they, then God doesn't love you or something. Yeah. Yeah. That is a thing. where you're like, yeah, yeah. that is in the old Bible. <laughs> I mean, um, but anyway, so they take that really seriously and, and they also never pay anybody who works in the cafe because it's like, you know, it's a commune. It's like, God. And they also are like, sell. Oh, when you join the cult, you have to sell everything you have and give it to the cult, right? So you have to give them your car. You have to give them, you have to sell your house and give them your money. You have to distance yourself from all of your loved ones. Typical cult stuff. But the children thing is super fucked up. I mean, obviously. So a lot of them have run away and, um, and given all these exposés and stuff, there's a lot of really shoddily made websites out there about this cult, which is awesome and sad. But the thing that brought it to kind of a new recent light, specifically to this bakery in Plymouth, which I looked at the website. It's actually a really nice website for this bakery. It's called Blue Blinds Bakery. Lillian's like the croissants there. I mean, I mean phenom. The egg and cheese sandwich. But I look at the delish. menu and the and the website. It looks completely legit. Like there's nothing about it that you would say they're all like all natural, like sprouted rye bread. Like they sell bread. It's like very like I would go there. I actually would like look up like best cafes and whatever, and I would go. It, it they've been reviewed in the Boston Globe. They've been like it's like a legit. Everyone's like this place is good, except it's run by a, a horrifically abusive cult. And what happened in July of a few forget what year exactly a couple years ago, or maybe it was even this past year, but an ex member hacked into their Facebook account for the, for the bakery and posted all of this shit that was like many, many of you, like as the blue blinds bakery was like, many of you are wondering our views on slavery. Yes, we think it's good. And we like think that black people should be subjugated and that women like went on this whole thing. And of course it got shared. Cause everyone's like, wait, what the fuck is blue blinds bakery? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, Imagine. like out of like your mom likes it on Facebook, <laughs> like likes blue blinds bakery. And then she's like, Okay, couple questions for my favorite blueberry scone place. Um, what the fuck is going on? You're like pro yeah. slavery. Wait, okay, are the scones that good? Can I really rationalize? You're like, is this the horseshoe theory or like what's going on? So 
And then, of course, the bakery was like, okay, our thing's been hacked. This is a disgruntled ex-employee. And that person was like, actually, I was never an employee because we don't get paid because this place is a fucking cult. They've beat me since I was a child. I escaped. They're racist and make women like, you know, you can't wear, like women are. You can't wear shoes. Women can't, and that is the whole problem with this. That's the only thing I have a problem with, honestly. It's not safe. Give in them a, shoes. In a bakery environment, you need to wear dance goes, okay? Give them shoes. I'm starting a GoFundMe to give these cult ladies shoes. So And that's it. They get no other help. They don't get any other help, but they get shoes. Anyways, totally fucking not. So then there was a resurgence of interest in this 12 tribes cult, and I just think it's so nuts. They have multiple, like, respected, active food businesses in the U.S. Yeah. It's not even like that sushi one I talked about where they're just, like, the providers of the sushi, which is, like, an, a removed layer. They're like a fishing corporation. This is, like, run by cult members active now. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's fully nuts. And in like Plymouth, Massachusetts, which is just like a tourist trap, like not not the town itself, but like it's a heavily visited. Sure, it's Cape. Uh, stuff. No, but it's South Shore. But okay, I don't. Know it doesn't it matter. It's just very specific and insulting to somebody from Massachusetts when you just say it's the Cape. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh Anyways, um, totally fully nuts though. Mm-hmm. But it, but the, you can blame the seventies, you know, for that. Definitely, shit. definitely. And of course, I'm sure there were government crackdowns that were also fucked up in other ways. Also, sorry, you know what I'm saying? Like when the yeah, government yeah. comes down hard on stuff like that. Like the ACLU was like, you can't do this to this community, which is like, ugh, don't you hate it when the ACLU has to be like, ugh, you guys can't do that. Uh... You know, because sometimes it's about sometimes. No, I know, I know, but sometimes they're protecting like, stuff. That no, that's why I'm like, I'm like, guys, just like the the whole like free speech thing and like them being like, well, we're gonna protect the Nazis. I'm like, why? But they're not really like that with the the Nazis. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're always protecting them. They're not always protecting them. I, you know, how many ACLU emails I get? That's true. They're not. <laughs> That's true. I don't. They're not protecting my sanity. That's for sure. That's why I like to give to the Southern Poverty Law Center. I do that as well. They're a great organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's totally nuts. Also, I mean, can we just say that homeschooling is bad? Homeschooling is definitely bad. I think that is a member. That not is... in the least because your kid is going to be a fucking freak. I have one very good friend who is homeschooled and it is a mere. She is the best and I love her. And she's not even a little bit weird, but she's just like, I'm amazed that she is such a like valuable member of society because I'm, I'm trying to figure out who it is right now. You'll you know, I don't later. think you know her. Okay. Um, but anyways, it's, it's homeschool, like homeschooling anti-vaxxer bullshit is all part of control. And uh, like, I don't want to send my kid to government mandated public school. I'm like, yes. why? So they can learn about geometry, not from you. You fucking idiot. Like, well, cause you eat tofu. You know how to talk to your kid about geology. Like what's wrong with you? No, homeschooling is not good. It's fucking poison. I, sh- I fucking hate it. My mom thought about homeschooling my brother and I. Can you imagine how weird I would be? Yeah, you're already so weird. <laughs> I can't imagine. I know. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. It's not right. You got to socialize your kid. And I'm not talking socializing them with other homeschool kids. No, that's not good enough. 
Anyways, okay, back to Colts. Uh, back to Colts. Back to Colts. Back to Colts. Sorry, this is a f- this is a service industry podcast where we also are now just ripping on homeschool kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> we we got this platform so we could just shit on anyone that we wanted. Australians, the homeschool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did just a true '70s cult. Mine didn't survive, even the '70s. Mine was very brief, short lived. My friend Chloe Fitzpatrick turned me on to this cult. You know, just use the nomenclature. Turn, oh, turn me on. Oh, turned you on. Yeah, See, that's like '70s talk. Yeah. Okay. Um. So mine is called the Source, and it's started in a restaurant in L.A. And then the cult, the the restaurant and the cult were like. The restaurant is how they fund the cult. Which is similar. Yeah, which is what happened with mine, too. And so it was the Source Restaurant and the Source Family is the cult. And the Source Restaurant, it's featured in, like, it's in Annie Hall. They had all the celebrity clientele, like Marlon Brando, Joni Mitchell. Damn, really? Yeah. They got Joni? John John Lennon. Well. Yeah, I know, whatever. (laughs) Um, But... Like all of these people, and again, yeah, we were looking at the menu, and they just read like regular salads now, because it's just like it has avocado and beets and pine nuts. But back then, that was crazy. That was nuts. That Everyone was, nuts. was just smoking cigarettes and drinking tiny cans of Coke. Yeah, and they're like, "What is this shit?" <laughs> like, this is so good. <laughs> it's like real food. I don't understand. It's not like one hard-boiled egg. Yeah. Um. So this was led by a guy named Father Yod. God, get cult cult leaders choose wisely your names because in forty years, two dumbass girls are going to be making fun of it. So think about how it's going to sound. <laughs> yeah, think about how it's going to read. This is from an article. This is a quote from an article that was on the hairpin. Before Father Yod was Father Yod, he was Jim Baker, a judo master and decorated <sighs> marine. <laughs> in the early 1950s, he abandoned his first wife and daughter to ride to Hollywood on a motorcycle and audition for the role of Tarzan. He didn't get the part, but here are some things he did instead. Kill a man in self-defense <laughs> with judo chops. Kill a man in self-defense with either judo chops or a gun. Marry and eventually leave a second wife. Cure a Samoan tribal chief's ailing daughter through dietary rem- remedies. <laughs> Rob between two and 11 banks to fund his health food restaurant. Wow, this guy what sounds a guy. awesome. Lillian's <laughs> like, is he still <laughs> around or Father Yod? Wow. And so it was basically just like they had the health food. They were like really into getting stoned and having sex, which like sure. sure. And then <laughs> there's a movie about it, and the New York Times reviewed it, and they're like, now why wouldn't that appeal to a couple of teenagers? Ew. It's like. I mean, it's appealing to like everyone. everyone. I feel like teenagers are so horny. It's like they don't even need the pot. Yeah. Just do it. Oh, yeah. Um, And then they all lived in a house together. And that was where they had um, they all had home births and homeschooled kids. And my dark thing is one kid died of a staph infection in his lungs. God. Yeah. Kids died in this one, too. And mothers. Because they don't use medicine. No, they don't use medicine. And they also just threw this mother who was having problems with her labor at like the foot of a hospital and the baby died. Oh my God. Anyways. Terrible. Yeah. Um, but then also a hilarious thing about this is father Yod died in a hang gliding accident. (laughs) (laughs) All of these like glamorous seventies cult leaders are so fucking stupid and so funny because they can't get over themselves. They're, they're obviously sociopaths, but they're also just like, 
want to do they're they're celebrities yeah they do dumbass shit like celebrities do that is so funny i mean like that is like very much like if you told me tomorrow that elon musk died in a hang gliding accident i would be like yeah of course he did that makes sense yeah would not be surprised yeah like and so yeah the source <laughs> like they're just like they're very funny because it ended in the 70s and like obviously that one kid died but like <laughs> mostly everybody was okay yeah and it has that, it's like, just embarrassing it's very embarrassing and everyone was named everyone's last name had to be aquarian god hippies it's so bad the it's, aesthetic is so bad i mean they looked pretty cool from what i could tell yeah yeah they were all white and stuff right kind of chic yeah that's very hip but um hippies in general i think like and multiple times they just reference everyone having long hair in the cult which i'm like same with mine yeah it's like what did people think that signifies just freedom like this says this is from the book the source the untold story of father yod Yahoo 13 and the source family. Okay. Food was consciously prepared for the highest vibration. <laughs> okay. And served by hip young men and women with long hair who radiated health and serenity. And then like later there's an interview with a woman who was in the cult and she's like, everyone grew their hair long men and women. Bar? <laughs> it's like, what do you think this is? It's also just like middle-class probably I'm assuming mostly white people being yeah. like, uh, I want to like change my life. Yeah. And it's like, God damn it. Just it's like, like buy, a car. <laughs> buy a car, buy a new car. I don't know. Buy a new car. Have an affair. Learn the guitar. Yeah. Pick up a new hobby. You know, do some macrame. It's very popular. It's 1973. Yeah. Pot- pottery wheels, pottery wheels. They're flying off the shelves. you know? So, the source family is just a hilarious thing. But then what was funny was the eater LA did this article where they were like, all of these cool restaurants now like cafe gratitude, owe a debt to the source, which is Ew. hilarious. Also the plate, the pun on craft cafe gratitude. Oh, is it right? It's mm, bad. It's bad writing. Well, maybe bad writing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think of that, but you're um, right. that's so dumb. That's so lame. Also, same the cult leader, your cult leader, and my cult leader. Also, my dude was also like four marriages, left a oh, kid behind. Yeah, mine like was they're like... bad people, and they're, that's probably why they get other people because they're like, listen, I mean, I fucked up too, man. But like, I'm yeah. moving past my. Yeah, that's he says. He's like, I'm the father you never knew you had. Like, I'm. I'm the father you always wanted and you always had me and like Jesus. I mean this the source is like truly like a prototypical cult like big beards and he and he had like 12 wives and they were all 19 and like you know and he was like yeah. And they're all about sex and they're all it's <sighs> like oh god. Can we get a celibacy cult going? Oh my God. There was one in upstate New York in the 1800s. Well, that was like the Kellogg for- farm or I'm whatever. I'm literally about to build a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't have to work and I don't have to have sex as like, a woman in the 1800s. Fabulous. Bingo, bingo. <laughs> just don't get sick. I think that like you could like just realizing the monetary value of cults, you could totally like, we just need to come up with a new food trend. Like, you know, like whatever cronuts, but right enough that it makes a cult i mean restaurant margins are so slim that it does make sense to just not pay people for labor yeah 
you know, good. the profit is pretty. I know, he said that the restaurant, they, they said that this is not, like, probably true, but he claimed that it made $10,000 a day in 1973. What? Which is like... Selling wheatgrass? What the fuck? If a restaurant made $10,000 a day in 2018, that would be a good... That's a good day. That's a good day. That's crazy. I know. Well, he's obviously a compulsive liar, so... Yeah, I think it's also one of those things where it's like you say you're making all this money so people give you more, you know, like like Bernie Madoff, Pyramid Scheme. Sure. Right, of course. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I'm thinking, like, what can we... Like, he introduced the world to, like, avocados or whatever. Like, what? what's the next... We have to find a new vegetable. Was he Australian? No, he was from he was from here. The avocado thing, I don't know. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, we'll think of something. I don't think I would be I mean, I guess I could like I would aesthetically like to be like visually I would like to be a cult leader. Yeah. I think I could pull it off. Yeah. But um it sounds like a lot. I mean, I and I could do a lot of public speaking. I do that mm-hmm. already. Yeah, so yeah. I could I think I could write some good material. S- material, some good speeches. I can be a little manipulative. Yeah. You would have to be the um, the point person. You'd have to be going out and talking to the people. You'd be, be a recruiter. Oh, I could do that. Yeah, I know. See? Easy. Everyone loves you. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, that is true, actually. I'm like, let me actually go start a call. <laughs> I'm going to do it. But we have to think of the food thing first. So. Yeah. yeah. Step that's one. It's hard because I feel like we've kind of been, you know, like we kind of like get it at this point. Yeah. Otherwise, we're ready to roll. We're ready. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a dark, A dark ending to this podcast episode <laughs> where we tell you about the horrors of food cults, and then we want to start one of our I own. I think it works because, like, like, we were reading, once again, about Gabrielle Hamilton and yep. Prune, and people were like, oh, Prune is the ideal restaurant because it's a cult, and people like buy into it. Yeah, that's and true. And so it's like, it works with a restaurant because there is already something that you have to have an almost cultish devotion. Yeah, you do, and you and you, you uh, your own identity is pushed down when you're in the service industry, and yeah. so it does create this environment of like, there's control, there's fear, you aren't autonomous, and you also have to like, abide by these weird rules that you know yeah that you get some amount of uh reward for but yeah yeah, they did literally say a what it was the cut was that the in the cut yeah this was you just sent it to me today yeah um it's a recent article kind of talking about the fallout of the the prune deal and the spotted pig and all ken friedman and all that stuff which is like a very it's like a word salad interview with yeah, it's very obvious that the writer is very taken with Gabrielle, yeah. which is like fine. But I, I kind of just feel like if you're, it, you should lead with that instead of making it seem like objective. Just be like, I was obsessed with this person, so like, yeah, which lots of people are. Yeah, we're not gonna start a cult, but we're thinking about it. We're in phase we're one. We're thinking about it. So we're not gonna start a cult today. Right. Thank you. We're shelving <laughs> it. It's a back burner plan. Also, if you guys think you would be interested in that, you can always email us, thefohpod at gmail.com. And by subscribing to this podcast, you're one step closer to being in our cult. So beautiful. Wow. Love it. Um, Guys, thank you for listening. And please, please uh, review, rate, and subscribe. Tell a friend. uh, Help us spread the word. Um, It means a lot to us. Go into the Apple Store. Subscribe on all the iPhones in the Apple Store. Walk out. That's what Kelly did. I did. I had to buy a new iPhone. So I went in. I was waiting for the Genius Bar. 
So funny. Yeah. Do you think they're all going to start spontaneously playing this podcast one <laughs> <Just> day? <blaring laughs> Everyone runs out of the store. Yeah, it's it would be a, that's a good um, media it's... blast or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. PR blast yeah. stunt stunt. Anyways, just do what you guys need to do to get us more listens. Okay, you know it's in you your know hands. What to do. It's in your hands. All right, we'll see you next week for another spooky episode. Spooky.